0: Hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with, with me to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 22 tonight. Uh, maybe it's on your phone or you have a Bible with you. It's going to be on the screen as well. Listen, we are, uh, man, we're so glad you're here. Uh, as, as I was um, planning for this, this new series, right, this course series, it reminded me a lot of whenever I first came here three and a half years ago. I think there's still a handful of you uh, in the room. Uh, ever since then, man, there's been... People get married, people get jobs. There's been all kinds of things happen, right, in three and a half years. And so, like, we started uh, my time here, when I came here, and I'm like, man, where do I start? What do we do? How do we do this? And we started with this vision series. And so this series reminds me a lot of that, right? Basically, like, this is where we're going. This is how we're going to go there. This is how fast we're going to go there. All that good stuff. Well, this is kind of an extra kind of retake of that series, if that makes any sense. And so we know there's been a lot of... Uh, of you guys come to us in the past few years and so as we have had uh, a lot of folks join us and visit us make our group their home make our church their home we we thought that this would be a good time to kind of come back and visit what makes us who we are Uh, not because we choose to be that way but what does God call us to be Uh, as a group. And so you're going to see different things uh, all throughout this series. There's three weeks to this series, right? And so we're going to attack kind of three different angles throughout this series. So how does God uh, expect us to live personally? So we're going to call that me. So me, we, and us. So personally, me, and then we uh, is basically relationally. How does he call us to live with each other? How do we act towards each other? How do we treat each other? And then it's us. And so evangelically, so like as we leave this, place and as we go to our schools to our workplaces whatever the case may be so basically all these next three weeks will be centered on really what has God called us to do to the core of who we are like how are we to live as a group, because I, I think it's, it's necessary, right, to kind of come back to your roots. Why in the world are we doing this? Man, I know we meet every week. I know we kick off with worship nights uh, once a semester and all that good stuff. But why do we truly do what we do? So Matthew 22 talking about me in a personal way. So basically, as we start out tonight, uh, as we kind of focus on this, it's not like I'm saying, hey, I'm going to focus on you to, to puff you up and to like, to encourage you and make you a better person tonight. No, it's in a sense of how, how do I live in a personal way inside of my life that gets the gospel out? And how do I live in a way that makes this group better? Like how, how do we all do our part in order to make every single person better? So Matthew 22, Verses 37 through 40 wheres where we're going to be at tonight. And while you're making your way there, if if your Bibles uh, are anything like mine, you have a lot of red. So Jesus is teaching in this moment, right? And so it's called the greatest commandment. So verse 37 says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, Jesus, if, you, if you're any kind of familiar with what's going on here, he is teaching uh, in this moment, right? And so, there's these Pharisees, the Sadducees, and they're basically asking Jesus questions. And you can go back and read all this good stuff, but there's basically different paragraphs. Title Different Things because Jesus is addressing all these different things that are going on. And so basically, they come up to him and they're like, Listen, uh, we know about you. We've heard about you. Uh, you know, we know about the Ten Commandments. We know all the, the whole gist of the whole thing. And so they basically corner Jesus and they're like, Listen, what is the greatest commandment that we are to live by? And so Jesus comes along and he approaches it the way that he does. And he doesn't really let them uh, get him in a corner, but he, he approaches them in a way that is loving and in a way that makes total sense. And so the first thing we see from this is this. Loving Jesus means giving him ownership of his own creation. So as we dive into this tonight, loving Jesus, it means giving him ownership of his own creation. As we started this out tonight in verses 37 and 38, Jesus is walking through with us what it is like. So we see these different commandments, right? So we see in verse 37, and if you take notes or highlight, take note of this. So he gives us a command, right? Love the Lord your God. So that is the command. That is, that is what Jesus is responding with. And then he continues to go, well, how, how do you love the Lord your God? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so we see that even though we are all created by God, doesn't mean that you are all living a life as if Jesus owned you. And and so not until you come into this relationship with Jesus and you surrender to Jesus, that is when you acknowledge that Jesus has ownership of his own creation. You see, many of us, we walk around, we know that we're created. We know that there's a creator. We know that we, we have a, a birth date. We know that we have cake on that birth date. Or if you're like me, you have that, that little nothing but cake. That is an incredible, by the way, uh, paid ad here. That is an amazing place. I, I just had it, I'm totally, I just had it for staff meeting on Monday, y'all, the red velvet. To, to die. And it's cold. I like cold. Like, that's where, that's where, and coffee with it. Anyway, all right, so anyway, it, that, we, we have a birthday, all right? Y'all know a little bit about me now, right? We're, like, we're best friends now. So we know that we have this birthday Wow, Jesus has created us, right? And, and He has made us. But the reality is, we know that, but at the same time, do, do we know that He has ownership of, of His own creation? Do we live in a way that says, I'm not only created, but I am owned by the creator of the universe. And I'm going to make my decisions and live my life because I am owned by him. We know this because of what scripture says. And, and maybe take note of this. It says, with all your heart, soul, and mind. So maybe highlight or take note of those three things. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. If you notice in this scripture, Jesus, he didn't go and he didn't give outward appearance things. He didn't give physical appearance things. Whenever he responded to them, he didn't say love him with your actions, love him with your whatever, love him with your church attendance, love him. No, he said your heart, soul, and mind. So we know these three are the core of who we are. So if you want want to examine your love life with the creator, your, your whole love life with him, you need to examine the core of who you are, right? This is what we see from the scripture. As Jesus is teaching, he is saying, I'm going to go straight to who you are. I'm going to go straight to the core of who you are. I'm not going to kind of entertain you with different thoughts of uh, how you can be a good person or how you can maybe do better in this or maybe talk better. I'm going to go straight to who you are. And so in our lives, it naturally causes us to ask ourselves the question, to the core of who we are, what does it look like inside of our lives? Since Jesus is responding in these three types of ways, it's natural for us to say if we're talking about all of us individually, the personal aspect of who we are, have we truly examined our lives? Have we truly examined who God has called us to be? And not just said, I think I'm a good person because of this, this, and this, but I know I am where I need to be because my heart is in the right place. My soul is owned by its creator and my mind is swarming around, and it encapsulates around what God is doing inside of my life. I take note of what the enemy is trying to do, but I also, at the same time, God has ownership of my mind. So all these different things are going on, and Jesus is saying, you need to examine the core part of who you are, your heart, your soul, and your mind. You see, we could look at All these different ways, right? And so naturally, as you look at this, you you need to break it off into two categories, I believe, is what Jesus is doing here. As he walks with us, as he tries to teach us in this moment, I believe there are two categories of how we should examine how we love Jesus in the core of who we are. Number one, that is the category of this world. How is the world telling us to examine ourselves? And number two, that is how Scripture is telling us to examine ourselves. It's going to be on your screen. Number one. The, the world tells you, you examine your love for Jesus by how much you go to church. Scripture comes along and says, no, no. It's how much you desire to be the church. That's what determines how much you love Jesus. The world also tells you how good of a person you are. That will tell you how much you love Jesus. Oh, you've done this really good thing. You've done that really good thing. Then you must, you must love Jesus a lot. Scripture comes along and says, no, you, you be holy. And you look at your life and, and you ask yourself, how much have I been holy Today, this week, like what does my holiness look like inside of my life? Number three, giving him an hour or two of your week. The world says, "Listen, if you just go to church, man, if you make it, if you make it to that ten thirty service, you're good to go, bro. Like if you make it to life group, some of you are really good and you come to life group, like." A handful of you, and you're like, oh man, I, I've made it. I, I, I've made it. And and like, man, I promise you, like, I, I woke up this morning as if you don't wake up for classes or work. You're like, I woke up this morning and, and I came to live group. And man, I'm doing great this week, I'm doing good. I can just feel God working in my life because I've been here two hours a week. And scripture comes along and it says, No, 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 no. No, He needs your life. And so since since Jesus has done what He has done. Scripture says, have, have you really seen, have you, have you noticed, have you examined your life based off of what your God has done for you instead of what the world tells you to examine, examine your life from? So here's the deal. Jesus, he doesn't desire more people who were just good. He desires more people who are being transformed day by day. And man, what I fear, this is what I fear as we look at this Scripture is I fear many, many of you, many people in this city who go to maybe even different churches, they are trying so hard to be a better person. They're trying so hard to be good. They're trying so hard to get this right and to get that right and to talk right without ever being transformed. You know, heaven, Scripture is very clear on what heaven is like and, and on, what, on what Jesus has commanded us to do. And we, we see this about heaven is that heaven, heaven does not desire simply good people. No, good people are not worthy of heaven. And so we see that the only way to live for Jesus is to be transformed daily. I love Romans 12, too. If you're taking notes, write that down. Very common. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, Romans is is very clear at, at telling you the whole idea of your life is to be transformed. Now, there's two types of transformation that all of us are facing in the room right now. Either number one, you are, you are in the face of, I need to be transformed, first of all, to follow Jesus and give him my life. Some of you, if you were to be honest, you're like, man, I, I've never given Jesus my life. If, if I look at my life based on Scripture and based off of what Scripture tells me that I love Jesus, like my life doesn't look like that. And so some of you, you're like, man, I, I need to be transformed, number one, into following Jesus. I need to be a Jesus follower. Like, that, that is what I need. Like, I know it. Like, I, I, my life, like, you know, no judge, judgment, no, no shame, but my life reflects that of I need to give my life. I need to repent of my sins and give my life to Jesus. Number two, some of you are in this transformation stage of, all right, I've already transformed in this type of way. I know salvation is a one and done. I know that, right? Scripture's very clear on that. Once you are saved, you can never be unsaved from that point. Once, once you give Jesus your life, give him ownership of his own creation, you can, nothing, no one can ever, your past, nothing can ever take that from you. And so some of you are like, man, I've done this. Maybe it was... When I was seven, maybe like some of you, maybe it was like a couple people like two weeks ago, maybe, maybe it was like in the past week, whatever the situation is. And now, your goal after you've been transformed from that one time decision is to understand it's a daily transformation from this point. So, what scripture is telling us is that there's not only a one big time decision of becoming a follower of Jesus, absolutely make that one time decision that can never be taken from you. But at the same time, we often forget that man, it's a daily decision to repent and be transformed and it's a daily decision to wake up and to say god i'm yours and it's a daily decision to understand that it's going to be hard in the christian life it's a daily decision to wake up and say you know what I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to do that. I, I've, I've been, I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so there are those two types of transformations inside this room tonight. And so either one of, like we all fall into either one of those categories. And so Romans 12 comes along. It says, number one, don't, be, don't conform to the patterns of this world. But number two, understand that you need to be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. By the way, same thing that Jesus is saying. Your mind, your soul, your, your heart your strength all these things renew those every day and that's what the Holy Spirit does leads us to point number two loving your neighbor means if God can love you then you can love others Jesus goes on in verse 39 he says it like this as he continues it's kind of in the same breath he's talking he says and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself and so loving your neighbor means if God can love you, then, then you can love others. And I feel like this is a big word, just in general, for all of us in the room tonight. I feel like this is a big word because so often we judge how much we can love somebody else on how much we've allowed ourselves to be loved. And so I, I'm here to tell you the standard of loving tonight. like You, you're, you, you loving yourself, get this, it isn't the standard of loving others Jesus loving you is a standard of you loving others. And I feel like so many times, man, we're like, gosh, if you only knew, I can't even come to love myself. If you only knew, I I can't come to to forgive myself for what I've done. We we make it all about us, right? Like, you've got to know what I'm talking about. Like, Like, I know I'm not the only one that does that. And so we often, we so often make loving others like, well, I can't really do that because I can't even love myself. No, think about it. The standard of loving others does not come from how much you can love yourself. No, the standard of loving others comes from what God himself has done on your behalf and how he has come to this world for you. I love how one scholar put it. They said it like this. This doesn't mean that we must love others before we can love anyone else. It means that in the same way we take care of ourselves and are concerned about our own interest, we should take care and have concern for the interest of others as well. And so this naturally causes us to think about how often am I truly concerned about other people, right? Like, just, just like this guy saying here, how much am I truly concerned about other people if I'm living my life? At what point, and I, I think about our group, at, at what point do we go from simply hanging out with the folks that we know we like to hang out with? We, we, we go out to eat with the people we know we like to go out to eat with, and, and we do things, and we do this, and, and we do that, we, we, which is not bad. All that is encouraged, all that is necessary for the Christian life. But in order to look out for the interests of others, there has to be this intentional pursuit on our end. If we're truly going to do what Jesus says in this moment, and he is saying, he is holding it so high that he said, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. So they are side by side. Love your neighbor as yourself. There, there's so much of me that kind of gets, I guess the word sad, I don't know, maybe upset, thinking about how often do we soak up our time with the folks who are like us, who are comfortable with us, and we've never prayed a prayer like, God, put me in the path of someone who, who needs that, who needs you today. God, you know, I, I don't know what the story is going to look like. I, I don't know if I'm going to come into contact with someone who has a very, very rough past. I don't know if I'm going to come into contact with someone who is struggling with their identity or who is struggling with if you love them or not, or uh, maybe they're suicidal. Even today, they've been suicidal. Or maybe they've been sleeping around and they're very shameful about themselves. God, I I don't really know what category you're going to put me in and how you're going to allow me to intersect in that moment. But God, it's my desire to look out for the interests of others. And and I feel like so many times we we get so far away from that category that, man, we get comfortable where we are. And Jesus comes along and, and he says, Man, think about what I did on your behalf. And think about how intentional I was in coming to you. Think about the intentionality it took for heaven to give all that it had for us. So if, if you're looking at your life, if you're, if you're looking at your personal life with Jesus, and if you're on the right page, think about this. A sure indication that you understand who Jesus is within your personal life is when you love and consider others when they don't even deserve it. And this is a big deal because we're really good at loving and considering others if they need it, um, if they deserve it, maybe if we know them, but it gets real sketchy when somebody comes up and we don't know them. It gets real sketchy whenever we feel really uncomfortable with somebody who don't smell like us or look like us. It's like, oh, hold up, hold up. Hold up, let me go pray about it, and then I'll help you after that if I if I hear a word from the Lord. And, and it's not really supposed to be like that, right? And so it's one of those, when you're examining your life, when you're examining your personal life, when Jesus says, love others as yourself, he is not simply saying, Man, give give a handout here and there, give give something to this person at your window whenever you're coming off the interstate. Like, like, like help help out a brother every now and then. All right, don't be such a bad person. Help somebody out, but at the same time, don't don't go don't go that far. No, Jesus is saying, in this moment, how you observe yourself, how you, how you look at yourself in your personal life is whenever you come to the point, even when folks don't deserve it, even when you don't know them and you're saying, God, I pray that you put me in the path of someone who needs that word today. God, I know salvation doesn't stop with me. We all know that it comes to us going to somebody else. So, God, it's the same way with my relationship with you, God. I pray that I am that, that, that momentum that comes to somebody and is bold enough to speak up, bold enough to help out, bold enough to reach out, and that is what we're supposed to do as individuals, right? Just think, think about the essence of the gospel. Think about it. It's going to be on your screen. The essence of the gospel is this. The one who had everything... Loved and considered those who had nothing and made it possible for those who had nothing to have everything because he was willing to become nothing. You're like, oh my gosh. I've been sitting in class all day. This makes no sense. Think about it. The essence of the gospel. Jesus loved and considered us and made it possible for us to have everything, to have him, because he was willing to become one of us. This is the essence of the gospel. And if we really believe that, if we really believe this, what we call a riddle on the, on the screen here, if we really believe the essence of the gospel, then don't we understand the standard of our lives? The standard of loving other people? And what, what really breaks my heart is There are so many people, in fact, there are thousands right down the street that identify as a lot of you, and they say, I go to school at the University of South Alabama. There are many people, just a few minutes further, that say, I go to school at the University of Mobile, Spring Hill College, Bishop, Coastal. You name it, whatever. I work here. There are many people who identify as a lot of you and say, this is where I find myself every single day. This is the class I find myself in. This This is who I find myself around. But at the same time, they don't know the essence of the gospel. And it breaks my heart that we have these meetings every single week every single week. It smart. my heart every single week. And we, we hang out and we have a good time and it's great, man. It's incredible. We have worship. We, we, get, a, we get a word. We get all these things while wow, so many people are dying and going to hell right down the road. And what is terrifying to me as a college pastor, as the one that's going to stand before God one day and answer Him to everything I said, everything I did on your behalf, is are we Are we doing enough? Like, are, are, we, are we on campus as much as we should be? Am I on campus as much? Like, are you guys exhausting all of your resources like you need to be doing? Are you really having conversations with people? And, and I pray that God, God would give us this heart that would literally break us from our Christian bubbles, that would break us from our Christian circles, and say, while well, you need this, you, you, you really do, you need Christian community. You also need to understand there are thousands of people, according to statistics, right down the road here that are dying and going to an eternal hell because no one has intersected on their behalf. No one. And I, I, think, I think this is our goal tonight as we, as we look at this and as we look at not only how he tells us to love others, but as we look at the essence of the gospel and as we have it, many of you would claim I have this, I, like, I have this word. I have a moment I could take you back to that I could tell you that I was changed and I was transformed. I promise you I was. Many of us, at the same time, we followed up with the same breath and like, man, I haven't had a conversation with somebody in forever about the gospel. And so as Jesus calls us, and this isn't something to make you feel bad about, but as Jesus calls us to love other people, number one, we've got to ask ourselves the question, are are we good at hanging out with people? Are we good at loving people? Like, are, are we good at drinking coffee with people that we know? are we good at going out and loving others, even when it's not comfortable? So Jesus calls us this massive task. Leads us to point number three. In order to be the best version of yourself, you must surrender. And so this kind of goes back to kind of where Jesus started in the first place. How tonight is all about looking at personally what do we need to be like how do we need to live like what what does our lives need to look like and we got to naturally ask ourselves the question what do i need to do in order to be that best version of myself not the best version that puffs you up and says hey you're you're good enough whatever but to be the best version of myself what do i do you must surrender verse 40 this is how jesus ends it And, and it's really powerful he said all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You're like, man, how, how is that powerful? Because here's what Jesus was doing. He was saying, I'm going to give you these two commandments, but I'm going to show you that I'm not just going to talk to you about these things or maybe tell you to live like this, but I need you to understand this whole book, th- this, whole, this whole book that we read right here called the Bible, all the prophets and all the law, they, hang, they literally are dependent on these two commandments. like they, Without these two commandments, they are nothing. Like they, they hang, like maybe underline or highlight that word hang in your Bible or whatever the word is. They hang on these two commandments. And so many of us were like, man, what will it take for me from my life To hang on the gospel this much, to know if I don't share with somebody, if I don't go and intersect on somebody's behalf, if I don't go and start a random conversation that may end up in salvation, what what will it take for my life to hang on the gospel and knowing that someone could get saved from me just taking action? So as a college ministry as a whole, we should all be surrendering individually on a daily basis. As we're about to wrap it up here in a few minutes, this is our goal. As we start this series, this core series, as a college ministry, right? As a college ministry as a whole, we must every single day be individually surrendering daily. So that means, that looks like me surrendering daily. That looks like every single one of you surrendering daily. Because you know why? If we don't, if one of us, if one of us skips a beat and we do not fall in love with Jesus all over again daily, say, God, I want to live for you again today. Like, Yesterday was great, so I'm going to do it again today. If we don't all say, God, I'm going to surrender this to you because I know I don't have it. I, I know I don't have what it takes. If we don't all do our part, you know what happens? It affects all of us. If one of us don't do our part, it's going to bring us all down. It's going to slow us down from the kingdom mission. It's going to slow us down from what God has called us to do. It's going to slow us down. And so some people, they they playing games, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'll do this, or I'll be good, or I'll do that. No, God calls you. He's like, man, every day, surrender. Not, not as a group, but as a group collectively. Each and every one of us individually should be taking up this incredible job that we have from, from Jesus. One guy summed it up like this. He said, Moses summed up in the Ten Commandments all the precepts of Scripture. Christ, in this moment, brings the ten down to two. Have you ever thought about this? Many of us know about Moses, right? And writing on the tablets, God gives him a word, and Moses, he, he hears the word, all that good stuff, and we get the Ten Commandments, and so we're like, man, yeah, I could recite them as a kid, and I got a piece of candy, and, and yeah, that's great, I can't recite half of them now, but I, I, know, I knew them at one point. So we all know about the Ten Commandments. Here, what Jesus does is he says, all right, you're going to try to stump me, you're going to try to do all these things, there's Ten Commandments, which one's the greatest, what kind of question is that? Like, they're all good. And Jesus comes along, and, and he says, I'm going to take the ten down to two. And so what he does is that he, he goes from all ten commandments obey your father and mother, do all these things, like love the Lord your God, all these things. And so he, he sums it down to, to two different things. And so the reason he chooses these two is because everything hinges and hangs on these two, just what he is saying here. He is saying because if you man, if you obey these two commandments, I promise you everything else is going to fall into place. Like, it's not your goal to, to be a good person or to perform. But I, I promise you, I'm going to bring the 10 down to 2 to show you that if you, if you focus, if you focus on these two things, I promise you what's going to happen, what's going to happen is that you're going to see a change in your life because now you love the Lord your God with the core of who you are. Because now you're loving your neighbor as yourself. And now you're praying intercessory prayers, saying, God, put me in the path of somebody that may could help them today. And so from that, that alone is a life-altering thing. And so Jesus says, if you if you listen to these two things, if if you focus on these two things, if I sum it up in two in just two commandments for you, I promise you, everything else, everything you'll see your life be transformed. So here's the deal, here's the reality. As we as we close out tonight in order to get to where you need to be with the lord on this on this personal level like we all talk about you need to to desire and you need to aim for the two inside of your life maybe maybe take note of that maybe you're like man how do i remember this desire the two aim for the two in your life don't get up and don't try to what i mean by this don't don't try to get up and like okay well I'm going to try to do this better. I'm going to try to say this better. I'm going to try to hang out with this person better. I'm going to try. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Don't waste your time. Say, all right, I'm going to get up every day. And my goal, my goal is to aim for the two. What are the two? Love the Lord within my core of who I am and love my neighbor as myself. I think I can do two things. And so, as a college of ministry, as we go into this course series, that is, that is what I want to challenge you with like starting, starting in the morning. A- as you wake up, I need you to get to this point, and I promise you, you have my word, I'm going to get to this point. As I lead out with you guys, I'm going to be at this point. But as we get up, as we all individually surrender daily, what does that look like? That looks like we're all focusing on those two things. Because if we're not, there's a lot at stake. If, if we're not, kingdom work is, is being cut short. The Lord is not doing what he wants to do with us. We're not where we need to be as a college ministry, so all of us, every single day, focus on the two. So as we go into this invitation time, go ahead and close your Bibles, put your pen up, put your phone up. As we go into this invitation time, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you. As this band makes their way up, I, I want to challenge you. Man, make this altar your home, right? May, maybe, maybe get where you are, and, and maybe you're like, man, I, I just want to kneel down in the pew, or maybe I want to go to the back, or whatever. But here's the deal, we we need to start this semester off in a way that the Lord knows. Like last week was great, right? It was a worship night, prayer night. We need to start this semester in a way that shows the Lord that that we're serious. We we know what his word says. Man, it's, it's plain, it's in red, written out for you. We know what Jesus thinks about our lives. We know what he commands inside of our lives. And so really, man, I love this about Jesus. What he does, he tells us to do one thing, and then what he says, he says, man, the ball's in your court now. What what are you going to do with it? Same thing with salvation. Same thing with with anything. The Lord says, you know what? You know the extent I went for you. You know what I've done for you. You know know what I've pursued. You know what I've given up for you. And then he always says, but now I want to see you do something. Now I want to see you get fired up and you actually do something. I, I want to see you go further than just two hours a week. I want to see you go, go further than just being a good person. I want to see you get fired up. So during this time, I want to challenge you guys. Maybe go ahead and make your way. Maybe go ahead, go ahead and kneel down. Do whatever you need to do. Stand up. Do whatever you need to do. But as I pray, you guys start moving. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for who you are. God, first of all, just who you are. God, uh, that alone is enough. That alone is good. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that that you allow us to to surrender daily. God, what an honor to surrender to the one who made everything. To understand the, the length that you went. God to understand your heart for us but also God we pray tonight that you would give us a burden maybe God make us sick to our stomach maybe break our hearts whatever it takes for every single person God whatever you want to do God I pray that God you would would do that to get us moving God for whatever, whatever they need whatever each person needs in this crowd God whether it's a broken heart whether it's realizing they have not been who they need to be whatever the situation is God I pray that God your Holy Spirit would convict them right now like instantly God that we would see a change God that we would see a group we would see individuals God just get serious about the mission they would get serious about eternity not just their own but God help us look to others and say God I want to be a part of your story Like, I want to be the human that walks up to you and just helps you. So, God, that's what we're asking tonight. God, we pray. We pray that, God, we would see things and we would experience things in these next few moments. That, God, cannot be produced by this worship team or me or or anybody else, God, but that, God, we would know that you're breaking hearts. And, God, you want to use us. So, Lord, have your way, God, we pray during this time, God, that you would be glorified. God, we pray that you're happy. We ask these sins in Jesus' name. Amen.